and it's the same person that you that, and it's another and the person that you want to drop is someone that's involved in a trade. You can't do that. Is that what you're telling me? Correct. Oh, did not know that. Wow. I think you can do. I think you can do that in ESPN. I think you can do that in ESPN. But you can definitely do it in CBS. And yeah. It doesn't come up often, but you know. Also, the thing is, you know, he, sometimes before you drop a guy, if he's half, you know, if he's halfway decent, you want to shop him around. And also, right. you know, not every deal has to be a blockbuster. And occasionally, you know, those type of guys, you, you can get something for. Sure. And it's nice to have both in the works, and it's uh, on, on Yahoo. It's just one or the other. Oh wow, I didn't know that. And, and but I, I understand your point, and it's valid. You know, you you it's valid. I mean, you, you want to wheel, be able to wheel and deal, and have a couple alternatives. One going to um, drop them if you your waiver is successful, and the other one if your trade successful. And quite naturally. I think you can do that in ESPN because what happens is whatever transaction, like you said before, whatever transaction happens first, it cancels out the other one. So, um, and only, that only makes sense to me. So I I don't know why um, Yahoo's like that. Um, Maybe there could be some reason. Maybe Vic knows a reason. I have no idea. Oh, well, anyway, Jeff, Talking about cleaning house, talking about finally uh, had enough. A 90-year-old woman, I think she's 90 if I'm not mistaken, uh, Miss, Mrs. Ford is, um, finally decides to get rid of the general manager, get rid of the president. And um, last week, the um, coaching staff, got some guys that got axed. Uh, Martin Mayhew and Luan, I can't remember this guy's name. Um, Both of them, Matt Millen Millions. Um, From what I understand, Matt Matt, uh, uh, Millen, uh, when he got axed, um, appointed these guys or or suggested that these guys should be his uh, uh, replacements. And Outside of maybe a couple of playoff appearances since Millen left, these guys have really done a uh, piss-poor job in getting talent um, that can can field a winning uh, team. Um, and it, thus that the coach has to struggle with players that aren't um, – I shouldn't say below standard, but players that warrant a uh, the record they have now warrant a 0 and 16 at one point uh, a few years back, um, and I think uh, I don't. Well, let me put it this way: What's your thoughts on that? Before I, I move on, because there's you some know, other things I want to talk about. This it seems like there's been a lot of in-season coaching changes in the NFL, which I'm not usually a big fan of. And, mm-hmm. and with Detroit, I mean, uh, they uh, um, didn't they fire their uh, offensive coordinator a week before the bye, which that doesn't offensive make any co- sense. Offensive coordinator, and um, no, it was, it was after 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 their um, after was it after the bye? You know, it was after it, it, it was after after, the, after their oh. London game, and they had a bye. Yeah, it was it was during that time. Oh. Yes. Okay. And then I'm thinking, you know, the Colts, they just fired their offensive coordinator, and that's before they're by. Yes. You know, I, I'm not – I don't know. I don't get that. And, um, you know, Tennessee, of course, they fired Wisenhunt. And I know they haven't been winning, but I thought he was doing a good job of uh, developing Mariota. And, uh, and you know, uh, they had their by early. Uh, you know, which you know, if you're going to fire a coach, that can't be the only deciding factor. But uh, I don't know. It takes a while to put a plan together. You know, uh, uh, I think uh, Wisenhunt might have got the quick hook, and then the guy who replaces him, well, you know, he there's really not a heck of a lot he could do in the middle of the season. Now, I'm I'm trying to think, uh, what's the benefit of firing your GM in the middle of the season? I guess the the benefit of that is you'll have a new GM 
before the end of the season, and that's when you fire the head coach. So at least you have that new GM in line because you want to be ready as soon as you can to get the new coach, you know, what they call that Black Monday when the season's over, when they, you know, when all the coaches who are getting fired get the news. Right. Well, you, you, you figured that they, the GM, like you said, gets in there. He's able to evaluate the talent that, that's on the roster now, uh, the strength and weaknesses, including the, the coaching staff, not just the head coach, but all the, the uh, assistant coaches and, and position coaches uh, to see if there's anyone that he may want to uh, retain um, um, or – let the uh, uh, when they uh, eventually, and you know Jim Caldwell is going to be history. Uh, eventually, fire Jim Caldwell. That uh, let the um, incoming coach pick his staff and bring all, all his new people, depending on what the new GM and president of, of football operations wants to do with the Detroit Lions. Um, my other question is this, or my statement, whatever you want to say, uh, I want to talk about. Number nine, in your program in Detroit, had a promising uh, future, in my opinion, when he first got drafted. Uh, but it seems like in the last few years, uh, Matthew Stafford, regardless of who is the head coach or the offensive coordinator uh, or anyone that has direct contact with him has regressed, not progressed, um, and uh, is a shot in the dark on whether he's going to give you a good game or a bad game. Uh, And it's been more bad than good lately. Uh, What's your thoughts or Mr. Matt Stafford, who's owed $17 million, I think, next week, not next week, next year, next season. Um, And I think if they get rid of him, that's like an $11.5 million hit. Um, But at least they'll they'll get rid of him, and um, they don't have to pay him the $17 million. So they would save uh, $6.5 million, uh, $5.5 million. What's your thoughts on Mr. Matt Stafford? Everybody but Jim Caldwell um, is is uh, not there now. Or everybody, I mean, Jim Caldwell is there, and everybody else really around him has uh, hierarchy has has been canned. Uh, Jim Caldwell's probably going. You think Matt Stafford? Um, uh, um, it will be the last man standing there and be able to have a team built around him? You know, uh, it's so hard to find a good quarterback. I mean, there's guys worse than Stafford that have hit big deals. But, I mean, with Stafford, you know, you saw the talent coming out of college, you, you know, very early in his career. He got hurt a lot. And then once he was got healthy, he showed a lot of promise. But he never, I, for whatever reason, was able to get to the next level. Um, uh, you know, I mean, he's got Calvin Johnson. He's got uh, Golden Tate on the other side who hasn't played that great this year. Uh, uh, I, I, I don't know what it is. It's funny because for, you know, fantasy, I kind of had an eye on uh, Stafford. I mean, I took him in a lot of the mocks. I didn't end up with him on uh, any of my teams. But uh, I thought maybe he was going to have uh, somewhat of a bounce back year. But uh it doesn't look like that's in the cards. I'll tell you, uh, I want to talk about these Cinderella's, you know, a guy who's one of the Rodney Dangerfields of uh, fantasy, Andy Dalton, who would have thought that he'd be uh, a top tier fantasy uh, quarterback? Who who would have guessed? Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. And, and I'm trying to think if in the leagues that we were in or the leagues that uh, I, I've been in, was he ever drafted? If he was, he was drafted late. Um, real late um, as a afterthought quarterback on your roster or not drafted at all and see people put, just happen to pick him up on, off the waiver wire and got lucky. Um, I've never drafted Andy Dalton, never liked him uh, from the beginning. Um, maybe that's my, my mistake, especially this year. 
I didn't see this coming to tell you the truth. And, but I, I do like the, uh, offense, offensive coordinator, Hugh Jackson. I really liked, I've liked him ever since, uh, um, he was with the Raiders and I'm trying to think where else he was, um, uh, before the Raiders. Uh, he is a very good offensive coordinator and seems like him and Andy Dalton, uh, since last year when, um, he took over at offensive coordinator when Jay Gruden went to uh, Washington, have uh, clicked. Um, Andy Dalton had a very good year, uh, somewhat a good year last year. He, he took a dump in the playoffs, um, and then he has this breakout year this year, uh, where things have been clicking. And the key, the key here is um, that look at the skill players on on the Bengals. Jeremy Hill, Giovanni Bernard. I'm starting from the back of the field and working my way out. Tyler Eifert, Marvin Jones, Mohamed Sanu, um, and last but not least, besides Andy Dalton, A.J. Green. All those guys I've named, every last one of them, have been healthy. Every last one of them have been healthy. And they've been balling. Maybe one gets um, better stats uh, in fantasy or in, in re- reality than others, like Tyler Eifert or and AJ Green, uh, or each one of them has had their week or weeks. Um, but the constant has been Andy Dalton doing his thing, and uh, that's a great segue into tonight's game where the Battle of Ohio takes place between the uh, um, Andy Dalton-led Cincinnati Bengals, takes on the Johnny Manziel-led Cleveland Browns. Boy, oh boy. Uh, I don't know if this we call it revisionist history because we were here back, not the exact date, but we were back here before when Johnny Manziel played the Bengals and it was probably one of the worst. In fact, it probably was the worst game he ever played um, in in the NFL. Um, and um, what a difference a year makes. Um, the jury's still out. There's a lot of people that remember when Johnny Manziel played last year and uh, uh, didn't do too well. Earlier in the year, he won a game for the Cleveland Browns. Um but the following week, he was back on the bench with Josh McGowan uh, starting. This, in my opinion, could be a audition for whether he gets the chance to play this, the rest of the season out uh, or um, if he falls flat on his face again, if he's going to be on this football team come the end of the year. And, and they, uh, Josh McGowan, who they go between, um, takes over next week. Give me your thoughts. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals, Danny Dalton, and then uh, Johnny Manziel tonight. Well, um, I think one of Dalton's problems in the past, and there's, you know, you could research this, is his bad games, and he had some awful ones. I mean, he had some good ones, but uh, his bad games were frequently the division games, which are very important, and the primetime games, which for most fans who aren't in Ohio, that's what you see. Uh, Maybe it was a coincidence, maybe not, but uh, him having a good game against a a very bad and uh, banged up uh, Browns defense, so just one more step towards uh, establishing his reputation. But he's going to have to win a playoff game for people to get off his jock because (laughs) – you know, like I said, he is the Rodney Dangerfield of fantasy QBs. Um, but you know what? You can't take it away from the guy. He's having a very, very strong season. Um, and, you know, I'll tell you, you put up with a headache like Manziel if the guy's, you know, uh, balling out every week. Well, he's not. He's the backup. And uh, uh, I don't know how he's going to do tonight. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. I mean, 
I think he supposedly he's been uh, more focused uh, on football this season, but uh, it, this this uh, might not be the greatest opportunity. You know, short week and everything. Um, but uh, yeah, I, this has a lot of the makings of a blowout, and uh, some of these Thursday night games have been real ugly. So uh, yeah, it, this could be a real ugly game, and uh, uh, I don't know. That that's that's what I'm thinking. I know the uh, Bengals are a double-digit uh, um, favorites in this game. Uh, so you're telling me that, uh, or you're, you're suggesting to me that uh, Johnny Manziel uh, is not going to fare well this this um, this time around against the Bengals, and more than likely he's going to get relegated back to the bench because of his um, his play and the more experienced, well, and really a career backup. He's always been a career backup, even though he started for a couple teams last year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and this year with the Cleveland Browns. I'm talking about Josh McGowan. Um, is going to take over the job again uh, because, from, quite frankly, the Cleveland Browns don't have a, 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 any better alternatives. Now, and, and Jeff, let me ask you something here. Now, we're two, and don't take this the wrong way, we're two uh, slugs here, um, going nine to five or whatever hours that we put in, uh, making whatever we make um, at our nine to five. And, and th- these coaches, whether what, depending on what position they are, the, the, the higher, the higher uh, you go on the coaching chain, the more you make. So I'm saying the head coach, the offensive and defensive coordinator, then probably maybe making uh, the, the the head coach is making millions. Let me put it that way. So I'm I'm kept, kept guessing the offensive coordinators are, pr- are probably in the million dollar range or somewhere like that. And then you have the front office, and it seems like you and I sitting on the couch can either call a better game or do better uh, player. Um, um, management, then a, a, a lot of these guys that get paid astronomical salaries to do the job and, and get their team in playoff contention, for one, and then possibly to the Super Bowl. And it seems like each organization, and I don't know if it's the ownership or the the uh, whoever the ownership hires, but it seems like the same teams year in and year out never seem to be able to get it right. And and cer- certain teams year in and year out seem to always get it right. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't dispute it. And then you have to speculate why. And uh, I'll go with the example of uh, the Green Bay Packers. And – uh, they're an interesting example because they're the only publicly held team. And when they were losing a lot when I was a kid, people were talking about why they were so lousy and it, and things like that lead to speculation. And some people said it was because of the location, which is silly. But then, you know, when free agency came around, they were early days of free agency, they were saying, well, guys don't want to go there. And, and they were saying, uh, you know, back in the, you know, in the eighties they're saying, oh, well, they don't have strong ownership because it's uh, shareholders, but you know what? They turned it around and now it's a well-run business and they hire the right executives to run the team. They hire the right coaches. They draft well, they develop players well, et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, to me, that that's one of the model franchises. And uh, the, in a, another example, look at uh, San Francisco back when uh, DeBartolo owned the team. Great owner, great owner. It's a shame why he had to uh, sell uh, his share of the team. Um, he, he got involved with some stuff, uh, uh, you know, a crooked business deal uh, that had nothing to do with the team, but because of that he had to uh, step away. And uh, it's a shame. Uh, great owner, you know, he hired good people. Uh, they drafted well. Et cetera, et cetera, and now look at them. That, that team's a dumpster fire. 
I mean, uh, they're like the bad news bears in the NFL. I mean, uh, probably had one of the worst off seasons ever. And now they're having, not surprisingly, a horrible season. Uh, you know, when I was real little in elementary school, the Giants were a joke. They um, finally, though, when they hired George Young, that improved it. Uh, and I'll tell you, though, one of the worst front office hirings ever was Matt Millen. And the fact he had did not have good qualifications, and they let that guy ruin that franchise for a decade. That blew my mind. It makes you wonder, besides how he got the job, how he got to stick around. That Stuff like that makes you wonder. Well, and, and it, it's what I'm talking about, Jeff. The two guys that um, were uh, tossed today were um, um, the last of Matt Mill- Millen's, um, um, I guess, Regime, I should say. They were um, guys that worked for Matt Millen, and he suggested that these guys take over. And I, they, like I said, they only had a couple good years, um, for, but for the most part, um, they had lousy trades. I mean, excuse me, lousy um, uh, drafts, uh, and um, not picking up quality players when they went to, into free agency. So. And this is this is what you get now. You got a, a franchise that's disenfranchised. You got an owner that's ninety years old woman decides to say that this is a new era is coming. Um, I, I, the the team that is it uh, is in construction now. She expects to be competitive, but um, it, enough of the same old. Um, and I'm not going to say it, but it's a four letter word. Enough enough of the same old. And this is almost basically what she's saying. Enough of this same old crap, um, for lack of a, a, another word, and uh, uh, things are going to change here. Um, and if don't they don't, heads will roll. I, 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 heads ro- rolled already, and whoever comes in here has got to know that um, you don't produce. Uh, you're on you're on the street, plain and simple. It and good for her. Um, it, it's about time she put her foot down and said. I, I want a winning product from for me and my fans. I'm not getting any younger. She's I think she's 90, whatever. And uh, uh, this is not the legacy that she wants for the Ford family to have a uh, uh, a a franchise that is in disarray and dysfunctional. Um, and so she threw out all the dysfunctional pieces that she could possibly do right now. The rest of the uh, dysfunction is going to be more likely let uh, let go or um, dispatched in one way or the other at the end of the season. And I see a whole new – I you know what? I, I'm seeing a house cleaning. I mean, she's house, she's cleaned house already, but I'm seeing an even bigger house cleaning, um, and, and including players, when – when, uh, um, the end of the season for the Detroit Lions comes. What's your thoughts? Yeah, you know, you, you just you, – it's, it's a real mystery what goes on behind the scenes. Uh, I, I, I said before, I still can't figure out how Matt Millen was able to keep that job for about a decade. And, you know, it cracks me up to see him uh, – you know, he does some uh, broadcasting now. And uh, – I think he has, but my first thought when I saw him as a broadcaster was they should not allow him to cover the draft because that team drafted so poorly when he was the president. I mean, it wasn't even funny. And, yeah, and was, back then, was I was yeah, I was a pretty big uh, Arena Football League fan back then. That was when I had my season tickets, and um, I remember they had an, uh, uh, the Fords owned uh, an AFL team, Detroit Fury, for a few years. And after a few seasons, they uh, they folded the team, you know, supposedly because they were losing money. And I'm thinking, like, to me, it's like, why, why even bother if you're not going to, you know, see it through for at least a few years? I mean, it's easy for me to say it's not my money, but whatever. There, there was a very tight cap in that league. Whatever money Ford was losing on that team, he could have found in his in his couch, okay? You know what I'm saying? I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, and that's it. So, so he, he folds 
the AFL team literally after a few seasons, but meanwhile let this buffoon run his uh, NFL franchise into the ground. I mean, I'll never understand that. Um, I'll tell you, you want to talk about a franchise that's supposed to be cursed, the Browns. I was just thinking of something. I mean, it's well documented how uh, Modell, you know, took the team uh, to Baltimore despite pretty good fan support. Um, uh, I was thinking, I mean, it was. I didn't quite get this at the time, but part of the deal was that um, they – the Cleveland fans couldn't stop it, but they were able to uh, make the uh, Browns change their name to the Ravens, and they had to wear different colors, and they weren't they couldn't acknowledge the records of the Browns because they, you know, when they got a few years later, they got what they wanted. They wanted to start a new Browns and whatever. You know, maybe they should have said, "Scrap the Browns. Let's we got new owner, new execs, new coaches, new players. Let's just." call them the Cleveland Rockers. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I don't know, because it's been same old Browns since I think 1999 when they came back to the league. Um, they got the same lousy uniforms. They changed the color a little. Uh, you know, uh, uh, I don't know. You know, it, it, I, I couldn't imagine if, if the Giants, the New York Giants took off. I don't know if I'd want a new Giants. I, I, if, if I'd want the, you know, kind of like with Houston. You know, they got a new franchise in Houston, new name, new colors, new logo, new everything, you know. Um, I don't know. Maybe they should have done that in Cleveland, but it's too late now. They're already stuck with the, the Browns part two. Yeah. Well, well, we'll wait and see. Let me put it this way. I, I'm, I'm, um, I'm not a Detroit Lions fan. Um, per se, but um, I like to see teams that are competitive, and it upsets me when guys get paid millions of dollars um, to uh, put a, uh, um, a team together. And other other set of guys get paid millions of dollars to coach that team that there's so much ineptitude in getting a team put together and then um, having a coach that can't coach a team with talent. So that being said, you had, you alluded to it earlier and I want to talk about this because there's some points I want to bring out. Ken Wisenhunt, two years with the uh, Tennessee Titans. Last year they were two and fourteen. Um, they were the they had the second pick in the draft this year uh, and picked up uh, Marcus Mariota, who uh, started off the season um, uh, pretty well, tailed off, got hurt a little bit, um, and then seven games into the season, Ken Wisenhunt gets fired. Why? I guess the owner, and I'm not a big Bud Adams fan. I, I think he's a real – he's one of the uh, 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 jerks of the NFL, if I'm not mistaken, in my opinion. Former player, but I think he's a real um, – he's not hes not a nice person, let me put it that way. Um, I think it's Bud Adams. Am I right about that, Bud Adams? You know, Tennessee I Titans? think he might have – I'm looking up right now. I think he might have passed away. Um, not – Fairly recently, but I think it's still in his family. I think it's still his family. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, he passed away in uh, 2013, but I'm fairly certain it's his uh, family. Well, I, I, I take that back. I'm sorry it, to, to disparage his name. He's passed away. I can't. I shouldn't do, have done that. But anyway, um, that, that and that question bring bring into mind now. I don't know what. An organization, a hierarchy, an organization expect a coach to do with a team that was two and fourteen last year. I think they're one and five, one and six right now, whatever they are. Um, with a rookie quarterback, and you need time to build an organization, especially when it's at two and fourteen. You got the second pick. That means you don't have too much. Um, 
too much on your roster right now and that it's going to take time to build a roster uh, in order for you to be, be competitive. You get fired when you draft your franchise quarterback. He's playing well, so you know he has a lot of, a lot of potential. It's it, it got a lot of upside there. Excuse me. He gets hurt. Like I said, he gets hurt. It happens to, to the best of them. He's going to be coming back this this week, if I'm not mistaken, against New Orleans, in New Orleans. Um, and he gets fired. And he's supposed to be a quarterback coach, Ken Wisner. Now you have uh, Steve Chesinski, if I'm not mistaken, um, being the interim coach. Uh, I'm I not – um, I, I don't uh, – Oh, uh, Malarkey. It's Malarkey. The guy who right. thinks he used to be a coach at Jacksonville, yeah. Shazinski's over in Indianapolis. You're right. Thank you. Um, and Malarkey. You can't keep yeah. up with these guys, I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, tell me about it, right? Malarkey, uh, yes. Uh, and uh, um, who he named, the, he's named his own, he named his own running back, but that's probably change uh, once uh, uh, um, the other guy gets a chance. That's neither here nor there. What, the point I'm making is this. The guy, Ken Wisenhunt, gets fired uh, seven games into the season after they draft their uh, franchise quarterback with no chance uh, given to him uh, only for seven games to uh, develop this quarterback and and to implement his plan that I'm pretty sure he, he presented to ownership it, before he got the job. So... 18 months or a year and a half into uh, his um, being the head coach, they want to go in a different direction. Sometimes these owners are unrealistic in their expectations and, and impatience in their team and don't uh, need, need a reality check that – just because it's an NFL team, you 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 hire a coach, you, you get a first round draft pick doesn't necessarily mean that your team is going to be instantaneously turned around, and uh, you're going to start contending for a Super Bowl or be a strong contender to get into the, into the playoffs. Tennessee Titans were two and fourteen, Jeff two and fourteen. That's one one reason why they had the second pick in the draft. They got their quarterback. They need other pieces, obviously, around them. You got to play with what you have right now and try to make the best of it. And then evaluate it at the end of the season and t- get rid of the weak, weak weakness and try to uh, uh, make that weakness a strength. Didn't get a chance to do that in his second year. So who knows where they're going to go next. And, and this is the problem with these organizations. You see, the the organizations that are successful, for the most part, probably with the exception of um, Gary Kubiak going to um, Denver, but that's an established organization that's well-run, and it's got a reputation for um, putting things together and keep a stability of some type in the organization. When you have organizations as the Tennessee Titans, as the Cleveland Browns. I'm trying to think of some other ones out there um, that uh, are, well, now the San Francisco 49ers. Um, And um, I'm trying to think of who else is, who else is really bad right now. Um, those well, let me put it this way: those type of organizations that are um, poorly run, in my opinion, poorly run, um, impatient, have higher than reality expectations of their team, um, and make, um, in my opinion, emotional um, moves are going to pay, uh, and not just pay for one year, two years. They're going to pay for several years um, before they uh, hopefully get their act together, get the people that 
cause the panic moves and, and all these wrong moves like Detroit. Clean house, start all over again, and hopefully they, they get it right the next time. What's your thoughts? You there, Jeff? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Did you but, hear what I said? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, you know, it's one of those things. It's, uh, you know, if you have good executives, you stick with them. But if you don't, you don't want to stick with the bad guys. You know what I mean? Uh, and you you just wonder. It's just, But the way football is designed, NFL football, to me, I cr- – most of the time, I cringe when a team makes coach, coaching and executive changes during the season. I, I just, I, I don't get it. It just what's uh, that? Because it, it, to me, unless the coaches are absolute buffoon, you, you you let the guy finish the season. It, because it's you when it, when they um, you know fire head coach or coordinator, uh, you know they. Basically, they shuffle around the responsibilities because they really can't bring in new guys. Um, I, I don't think it works. It's not usually successful, but usually the teams that do it are usually really, really bad, so they don't have a chance to be successful. I, I just don't like it, you know. Uh, well, you, you didn't put it this way. And, and it, 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 when you make a change like that, um, the Dolphins did it, and it seemed like it worked uh, for a couple of games. Quite nasty, they ran into a buzzsaw with the uh, um, New England Patriots. We'll see what happens when they play the Buffalo Bills this week. In I think in Buffalo, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, some, sometimes it could have a positive result, and sometimes it could be a negative result, depending on um, depending on the coaching change. Uh, whether it's a positive or if it's a negative in the in the um, in the uh, players' eyes, from what I understand, the players were pretty upset when um, um, Ken Wisenhunt got uh, canned. Um, and from what I understand, they also he didn't really get a good chance a, 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 a chance to turn the team around. Uh, they really liked him um, as a head coach, um, but. You can like a head coach, and if your talent level isn't there, um, um, then you're going to get the results that they had. And it's up to the upper management to get the right personnel in, in place so the coach can, can be successful. Um, so an interim coach uh, will have to wait and see quite naturally, let me put it this way. Now you have um, uh, Ken Wisenhunt as an interim coach. You got um, Dan Campbell as an interim coach in Miami. Wisenhunt, I mean, not Wisenhunt, but um, Malarkey in in, um, Tennessee. Uh, You know that, um, for the most part, that uh, Chuck Pagano is is the history in, in Indianapolis. So that's probably that's probably another spot where a new coach is going to, and that's another another owner, in Mr. Ursay had that has um um expects his team to each year, and I understand that, but realistically, to, they were one step away from going to the Super Bowl last year, but that doesn't necessarily mean that with all the holes and Indy, Indy had a lot of holes last year. And they had one of the easiest schedules, believe it or not, last year. Um, uh, and it, that, that helped them to get to where they were against the New England Patriots, and then they got exposed. Um, but this year they had a harder schedule, and their quarterback uh, is playing uh, playing like he is the uh, seventh-round pick and got shoved into the starting role because no one else was healthy enough. Um, that's how well he. Uh, that I'm thinking that uh, Andrew Luck is playing. I can't believe. Thanks a lot, Jeff. I can't believe he's playing this bad, um, and that's why up until now I haven't started him. And the only reason I'm starting him is because Carson Palmer's on a bye, so he's going to be sitting on my bench until I see something different um, in him because. Uh, 
he, he, let me put it this way. At one point, you got the best of the trade until Le'Veon Bell uh, got hurt, and now we're both suffering um, because um, Bell's no longer with you, and uh, luck, for all intents and purposes, up until this week, uh, really wasn't. Um, uh, even though he was on my team, he wasn't on my team because he 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 wasn't getting a start. So it is what it is. It's uh, um, well, we have to wait and see. Uh, and then besides Pagano, um, Campbell, um, probably Tom Sula. I wouldn't doubt doubt if he's going to um, uh, uh, Jim Caldwell. And um, uh, Malarkey, I'm trying to think who else is on the hot seat. Um, Mike, the guy, the guy today uh, in Cleveland, he he seems like he's indecisive. He, he changes like the wind, running backs, and whoever else. He may be on the uh, hot seat too. And and some of these owners like Cleveland, like uh, um, 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 San Francisco, like in my opinion Tennessee. Like uh, Indianapolis, and um, I could be thinking of somebody else. Um, I can't think of it right now. Um, or seem like owners that hire guys to do their job, but tell them what to do. Tell 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 them how to do the job rather than let them do the job. And um, if they fail, then it's on them. But if they succeed, it's 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 the owners uh, that's going to take the credit for it. So, um, I don't know, man. I, I I'm 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 totally confused. I, I can't believe you got people make millions of dollars, and and this, despite um, some dumb moves and dumb things they do, they make millions and billions of dollars, um, and, and uh, with these franchises, and because they have loyal fans, and that that's what it is. They have loyal fans. Looking for that that glimmer of hope that's going to get their franchise to the promised land, and some of these uh, organizations will never prosper because the ownership um, is is not in place to have have uh the organization su- to succeed uh, because uh of uh, what for whatever reason I don't know if you have any opinion on that but um I just wanted to go on a little rant like that I'm not a big fan of Ursay. uh i I mean before he went to rehab i I swear a, a couple a few times I told people that guy looks like he's high as a kite you yes. know um and I think he was, and by some of the things he used to tweet or whatever, you, you wonder because most owners aren't looking for a ton of attention, but this guy was. And he kind of looked in, lucked into, no pun intended, a very successful run with Peyton Manning. And, I, you know, it looks like this year they hit a bump in the road. Um, and, you know, when uh, they signed Andre Johnson, they signed Frank Gore, those big name, you know, veteran moves don't always work well in the NFL. They right. really don't. I mean, I think Andre Johnson has had one big game, and he's had a few really bad games. Uh, I think um, there's talk Luck might have more injuries than he's letting on. He might, in addition to the shoulder, he might have ribs. Um, you know, uh, the thing is, I mean, I I like luck in the drafts, but I mean, I was in a lot of mocks where guys were taking him number one overall. No and way. I, I wasn't feeling that. I was taking him maybe second round, maybe late in the second round. Right. And I'll tell you, if, if you take a quarterback that early, he better rock out every week. You know, because when you take a quarterback that early, it puts you behind the eight ball at running back and wide receiver. And, uh, so a lot of guys who drafted him early are uh, are suffering. So uh, yeah, and and this week the big news is with a uh, lot lot of big injuries with uh, Levy and Bell and Matt Forte out. Uh, I think Forte's 
he might come back this season. Uh, Bell is done for the year. Yeah. Um, that the big pickups were uh, D'Angelo Williams, which who I already had in uh, Yahoo League, and I'm, I don't always carry handcuffs, but because Bell is great, the Pittsburgh the run blocking is good, and because Williams looked so good early in the season when Bell was suspended, because of that, I had D'Angelo Williams, and I'm glad I did. And uh, in another league that was deep. This just blows my mind. You know, I had an open roster spot, and D'Angelo, you know, a couple of weeks ago, D'Angelo Williams was the best available guy. Because, you know, it's a deeper league. And some, right. one of the other guy, GMs, I hate the term owner. I, I, don't, I use it sometimes, but not too much. It sounds grandiose. Um, one of the other GMs just pulls off a big trade for Bell, but doesn't bother to, to pick up uh, Williams off of waivers. I'm surprised he hasn't sent me a trade offer yet. Wow, really? The truth, the truth is, I mean, I, I check out the offer, but I don't have Williams on the block because, hey, I, I need another running back, and he looks like the guy. So, and right. uh, I, I don't know about – the thing is with Langford in Chicago, once in a while, you know, like – you know, I'll tell you another term I don't like. I mean, I use handcuff. I mean, it's, it, couldn't they come up with something more positive, you know? <laughs> right? You know, yeah. I mean, it's not a yeah. personal thing. I don't right. think it's meant to degrade anybody. I remember, and I no, no, no. I, I understand what BTR, you're saying, though. But right, I, I brought it up once in one of the BTR chat rooms, and we were kicking around ideas like call them buddies or pals or whatever, you know, and just they, they couldn't come up with anything great, you know. Like, remember when you're a kid, you go to camp and you go swimming and be like, buddies, you know? <laughs> right. But sometimes, and I remember when I had Steven Jackson and, you know, when he was playing for St. Louis a few years ago, once in a while when the main guy goes out, then they'll split the job between the next two guys. And, and, you know, but, I mean, if you're going to invest in a, quote, handcuff, you want to have a very clear guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and... uh because it, it, it depends, because in a shallow league, you could just uh, stock up on, on, you know, just decent running backs. A deeper league, it's harder to find, so it makes more sense to cover yourself with the handcuff. Um, but Langford in Chicago, I mean, it, I mean, he was, you know, the big pickup this week. Right out of the box, boom, great matchup against a, a San Diego uh, run defense that's uh, pretty generous. So if you if – you, made the big bid for him, at least he should pay off week one. But, you know, it's, it's like every week there's a – almost every week there's a guy or two who everybody breaks their piggy bank on, and he doesn't always produce right away, you know. Yeah. Um, but sometimes, though, sometimes they keep they keep cracking. You know, you never know. But this week it's uh, Langford and uh, D'Angelo Williams are the two big guys. So if you're lucky, you got at least one of those guys going. Well, on one one of my fantasy teams, Jeff, I had Le- Le'Veon Bell and Arian Foster. Ooh, on one but, team. You know, the, Foster, wait a minute, wait. Going into wait a minute, the let me, season, let me let me let me, let me just finish. Yeah, let, let me let me let me finish this. So what I do, I made sure I had Alfred Blue and D'Angelo Williams. So the four running backs I had, I had two starters, and then I had their handcuffs or their backups, I should say. Okay, and uh, thank God I did. Um, I'm six and two in that league right now. I'm number one in that league, and uh, I, I uh, still can can salvage the season um, without uh, Le'Veon Bell. Uh, quite naturally, it would be nice to have him or Arian Foster, and that was that was a hell of a, a, a duel duo I had um, for a very short time. So um, I still got decent running backs, but uh, that would have been, you know, really put me over the top. And then in another league, I, for for whatever reason, and and I almost dropped them last week. Um, I almost dropped them last week, and I was going to, and I don't know who I was going to pick up, but I almost dropped them last week. In fact, I was tempted a few weeks to drop him. Talking about D'Angelo Williams, I was tempted to drop him a few weeks because he's been sitting on my bench picking up one point, two points, three points, 
And for, for all intents and purposes, up until the point that Le'Veon Bell got hurt, he was just dead wood on my bench. And I'm thinking, you know what, I, I should I should drop him for a wide receiver or drop him for a, another running back. And I, I for whatever what reason or another, I never did. Well, thank God I did. Be, uh, didn't, I should say, uh, because now I got a really a hell of a running back on a uh, um a offensive uh off a very offensive minded team. So uh I'm happy about that. So uh you never know. Um and that's why in and when you do drafting and you get these big name running backs that if the person that doesn't have the big name running back doesn't pick his uh, backup, his direct backup um that you that you should because you never know um just because he's a big back a big name back doesn't mean he can't get hurt so um running backs get hurt quite obviously you got and just think about this jeff you got Le'Veon bell who's probably was the number one running back uh, uh hurt and he's gone you got jamal charles who's probably was in the top five give or take you got uh, um, Arian Foster, who's probably um, was in the second round, maybe third round. He probably he, because he was he was uh, he was what he was, and he got Matt Forte. Um, that that's hurt. That's that's uh, that, and I'm, I'm, I can't think of anybody else that's a big name running back. That's a lot of production. Either gone for a few weeks or gone for the season. What do you think? You know, plus there have been some big-time duds. I mean, I think the big three duds have been uh, C.J. Anderson and um, uh, the, the guy in Cincinnati. Um, Jeremy Hill? And uh, Yeah, right, Shy Hill. And uh, Eddie Lacy in Green Bay. Those guys have been duds. And the thing mm-hmm. is, like let's say with Levy and Bell, I knew going into the season he was going to miss the first two games. It's kind right. of dried. You know what it is, and you know you have an idea how to deal with it. And now he's injured for the rest of the year. It stinks, but it's very clear what to do. You put him on the IR. You freeze up a roster spot. I got D'Angelo. You know, hope for the best. But with some of these guys, you don't know what to do because, you know, some of these experts will say, cut him. You can't cut him. You know. But you can't. Sometimes you can't start them. So you might not have better options. So it's very right. vague on how to deal with this. You know, I mean, you could try to trade them, but you're not going to get full retail for them. Um, that's what I hate when when things are vague. You know, regarding health or regarding production. That that's the real pain in the butt stuff. I'll tell you though, in my dynasty league, um, before the season, one of the GMs traded Drew Brees for Devonta Freeman, who people weren't even sure if he was going to be the starter before the season, and another middle-tier running back, and everybody was screaming bloody murder. Now, you know, she's going to get the Psychic Genius Award, you know? (laughs) Unreal. Unreal. You never know, but you never know. You never know. I mean, question... Some people get questioned on some what, what people consider wacky moves, but they they have a uh, a game plan and and it, and if it comes to fruition, uh, maybe down the line, then you realize they weren't so stupid after all. You know, it was like I was, you know, I think everybody during training camp is trying to see who's going to be a starter with each team, and I remember seeing the training camp reports all during the summer, and like one day they say, you know, somebody says, oh, uh, Freeman's going to be the guy, and then the next day. Oh, it looks like uh, Coleman is going to be the guy. You know what I mean? So it was not clear at all. And they both had bad hamstrings, uh, you know, and it just uh, – I didn't want to touch either one of them in the drafts, you know, because, you know, it just was very unclear. And uh, who would have thought, you know? Uh, you know, uh, that that's what makes it tricky when the things are very unclear. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, – yeah, and I, I gotta admit, some of these duds are guys I would have drafted, but somebody beat me to it. So that, that kind of works out sometimes. Guess that's when the luck works in, you know. I hear you. 
All right, Jeff, we come to the end of the show. Uh, I'm going to uh, ask you if uh, you got anything that you want to put out there before we um, get out of here and enjoy the uh, the game tonight and the games that's coming up this weekend. Talk to me. Well, there was a notable retirement of a great American athlete and uh, American Pharaoh last uh, run in the Breeders. And uh, I'll tell you, I was a little surprised that uh, he, he had a couple of races after the Derby. Uh, I I know they have insurance, but even so, the, the value of that horse, I'm surprised they let him run. But it was great because he looked great. The fans got to see him. Uh, I think the owners uh, seem to really uh, appreciate the success and seem to, uh, you know, try to do a lot for the sport and give back. And uh, uh, I think we'll be seeing a lot of uh, Pharaoh's uh, offspring in the future. So, uh Hope he has a happy retirement. Okay. With that being said, uh, uh, thank Jeff for uh, joining me tonight. People tune in next week, same time, 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, uh, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time on a Thursday night. We, me and Jeff always hold it down. Um, enjoy the uh, rest of tonight with the Thursday night game and enjoy the other games that are going to be taking place Sunday, Sunday night, and uh, Monday night. Uh, and we'll talk to you next week. See ya. Yeah. It's Mr. Encore. Fantasy Sports and Politics Crew. Yeah. Check. Fantasy Sports and Politics. Ain't no other talk show hot as this. Cover every sport and we get it all right. Log on the site, you can listen tonight. Talk about the game, who in first place. You can even call up, state your own case. Football, b-ball, soccer too. Log on, ain't nobody stopping you. It's fantasy sports and politics crew. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Fantasy sports and politics crew. Yeah. Fantasy sports and politics crew. Fantasy Sports and Politics Crew Yeah, lock on